and love this couple. I believe you told me you've been 10 years full-time evangelist. 10 years full-time evangelist. He don't look that old. It don't matter, does it? I'm glad God sent you our way. And praise the Lord, everybody. The night psalm said, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. And I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Well, I feel like singing today. Oh, we absolutely love coming to restoration. We love all of you so very much. Grateful for the leadership of this church, Pastor Sister Walden and their family. Anybody thankful for Brother Sister Walden and their entire family? I mean it now. We love coming here. I thought about it during worship. I was listening to the dynamic singing. I was thinking, where do I join this church at? How do I become a member here? Love each and every one of you so much. Seems like every time we come, y'all just sing it. Isn't this choir, I know Pastor already said it, but the choir just did outstanding, leading us into the presence of the Lord. And, uh, I never get invited to sing for some reason. And uh, you probably don't want that to happen either. I did get asked one time to sing at a service, got all excited, got there, found out it was a deaf service that they wanted me to sing at. It kind of took away the joy from it. I'm teasing. But I love you all so much. Love my Sister Walden. Love my wife and family. All that God has done for us. Well, I do believe the Lord wants to speak to us today. Do you believe that? If you have your Bibles, let's open. And let's read from the book of St. Matthew, chapter number 12. And we're going to begin at verse number 1. St. Matthew, chapter 12. Verse number 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 6, and also going to read verses 40 through 42 of this same 12th chapter. So I'll give you just a moment to find your place. And the Bible tells us this. It says, at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. And his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? And when he was hungry, and they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God, and did eat the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law? How that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. Jesus said in this place there is one greater than the temple. Now let's skip down to verse number 40. It says, For as Jonas or Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. 
the queen of the south, shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Verse 6, Jesus said, there's one greater than the temple. Verse 41 said, there's one greater than the prophet. Verse 42, he said, there's one greater than the king. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to us today on this subject, greatness has finally arrived. Greatness has finally arrived. Why don't you lift your hands? Would you help me pray one more time? Somebody lift the volume of your voice and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would speak directly and with clarity to every heart that is here. We stand in the gap and we rebuke the devourer. We bind the adversary. We take authority over the prince and the power of the air. Lord, we unlock the power of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, we unloose the glory that can only come from heaven. Pray in the name that's above every other name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. What we're reading here in our text in this 12th chapter, the Gospel of St. Matthew, we find that Jesus is with a group of disciples. And while he is teaching and expounding on the word of the Lord, he notices, he recognizes that the people that were with him began to get hungry. So Jesus, with his wisdom, begins to stop his lesson, begins to stop what he is teaching, and he looks around at where they were at notices some stalks of corn. And so he simply walks over and he grabs these ears of corn off and begins to pass them to everybody that was there. Well, just as soon as he did that, there were men that saw what had just taken place. And they got so mad. They got angry and upset, almost beside themselves, because Jesus had done this on the Sabbath day. Now, we have to know and understand who these men were that got so furious at the Lord. These men were known as Pharisees, and uh, they were not what we would say fans of our Lord. Matter of fact, these were men that were consumed with ceremonial customs. These were men that their speech was regulated by religious rhetoric. Their vision had been blinded by beautiful buildings. And the only thing that mattered to them was what was on the outside. Matter of fact, they would even get prideful. Prideful to the point of arrogant because of what they had done. Because of what they had built. And because of what they had accomplished the temple that they had erected then. They were so thankful. They were so almost over the top about because they would brag on this building. Everywhere they went, it was a source of contention. They wanted everybody to know this was their temple. 
And so Jesus, when he heard the accusation, he began to speak about David and how he ate when he was hungry, how he fed his men the holy soul bread that was only reserved for the priests. But then Jesus took it one step further. He said, and do you know the reason why we gather in the temple, the reason why we worship in the temple. The reason why we praise in the temple is not for the temple. It is not because of the seats that we sit on. It is not because of the candlesticks that light the sanctuary. It's not because of the altar we bow down and pray on. But there is actually somebody greater than the temple we worship in. Sometimes we have to be reminded uh, the reason why we are here is not to punch a religious time clock. The reason why we are here is not to fulfill a spiritual obligation. The reason why we are here is not to just drop a little money in the offering pan. The reason why we have gathered uh, is because there is somebody uh, that gave his life for you and I. There was somebody that shed his blood on the cross of Calvary uh, and I don't want to ever forget that purpose and that reason hallelujah Jesus said there's one greater than this temple you are bragging about and so he went on with this message and verse number 40 he began to talk about a prophet by the name of Jonah Jonah, no stranger to scripture. Uh, You've likely heard his name in a Sunday school classroom. Jonah, that infamous prophet. But when God called him, when God told him to go to Nineveh, Jonah could not understand it and decided he was going to run in the opposite direction. Why would he do that? Why would he run from his calling? History tells us that Nineveh was a very great and a wicked city. Nineveh was known not to be receptive to the prophets, not to be receptive to men of God. Matter of fact, when some would come and try to preach, they would kill those men, slay them on the street, and then they would literally remove their bones from their flesh hang them up on the gates of the city as a warning to anybody else that thought they were called, as a warning to anybody else that thought they were big enough and bad enough, this is what you are going to have to face if you come here. No wonder Jonah said, uh-uh, you called the wrong person, God. You selected the wrong soldier. You've chosen the wrong candidate. I'm not up for this mission. I'm going in the opposite direction. Got out on a boat, started sailing out on the water, and yet the Bible tells us, you know the story, the Bible says that a storm began to rage, and rain began to fall, and the waves began to roar, and tossed this ship back and forth, back and forth. It got so ugly, it got so bad that the men on board the ship said, somebody has made God mad. And should not be here. I always find that interesting. That men that were not believers. Men that were not godly. Men that were not righteous. Says somebody is with us and they do not belong here. See, even the world knows when you don't belong. 
even they can sense there's something different about you. You're not like everybody. Once God has called you, once you've been impacted by his spirit, once you've ever felt that anointing come on your head, you can run, but you'll never be able to hide. You'll never be able to fit in with everybody else. You'll never be able to wear a cloak and just disappear off the scene. No, your life will be marked. It will be marked. And that's exactly what happened to Jonah. Here he is on board, and the men are getting upset. The men are getting worried. What do we need to do? What needs to happen? Finally, long story short, Jonah says, Look, let's just cut to the chase. Throw me overboard, and the storm will stop. I don't know if you're really listening to yourself, man. That doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. Jonah said, No, I'm telling you. Throw me overboard, and the storm will stop. I can hear the men saying, this man has lost his mind. This man's a few french fries short of a happy meal. This man doesn't have it together. This brother's not the head cashier at Walmart. This man is out there. We're not going to throw you overboard. Jonah said, listen, trust me. Get me off this boat and watch what will happen. Finally, all right. I'm, I'm hesitant now. But they grabbed a hold of him. Can you imagine, can you envision the scene that must have been unfolding as they were holding this man in their arms and they walk to the deck of the ship, they pick him up and they throw him overboard. He hits the water and begins to splash and just as sure as he hits the water, the sun begins to shine. Just as sure as he hits the water, the wind stops blowing and the storm begins to cease. And while he is there paddling in that frigid water, the scripture says that a giant fish, the Old Testament, Jesus said it was a whale that swallowed him whole. And now, here is Jonah, and he's on the inside of a whale's belly. Now, that's an Instagram that's worthy of posting. That's something you could put on your Facebook. You might get some attention. I'm just hanging out in the middle of a whale's belly. What is going on in this man's mind? Uh, theologians have wondered what happened inside that fish. Did the acid eat away at his skin when that whale tried to digest this human being? They said, the theologians have argued that the acids had to melt away all the hair on his head, melt away the hair on his arms, the hair on his legs, and turned his skin a complete bleach white. And while he is inside this whale's belly, uh, the, the word of the Lord says that the whale swims and spits him up on the coast. And where else but he spits him out on the coast of Nineveh. So now he's just been inside this animal for three days. I can only venture what he must have looked like. What he must have smelt like. Huh? Come on, somebody. And Jonah says, well, I mean, there's no point in running any longer. I guess I might as well just do what I've been called to do. And so all by himself, 
Jonah starts walking. He goes in the direction of this terrible, this atrocious, this unrighteous and wicked city. And he begins to walk down the main street uh, some um, among some of the most vicious men uh, of all eternity. And Jonah, all by himself, without anybody standing beside him, lifts up his voice uh, and says, God said uh, that unless you repent, uh, unless you turn from your wicked ways, uh, I prophesy he's burning this city uh, to the ground. And the men started looking. So well, this brother came by himself. He didn't come with an entourage. He didn't come with bodyguards. He didn't come with a security team. This man walked all by himself. I wonder what some of the young folk were thinking. I wonder what some of the teenagers thought when they saw this man that was covered in whatever you want to imagine. His skin had turned an orthodox white. There was no hair on him whatsoever. He's walking kind of straight. And he's walking kind of with an interesting swagger. And while he's coming, he says, God said he's going to burn this city. I wonder if they thought we are in a zombie apocalypse. This brother has come back from the dead. We better get right. I don't know exactly what the people thought, but I know what the people did. It says they turned from their sins. They got in sackcloth and ashes and said, God, if we've ever heard a word, if we've ever known there's a prophet, if there's ever been somebody that's truly anointed by the heavens, this man is the one that's been anointed. We're going to get right with God. We're going to put away the filth, going to put away the mess, going to put away the junk, and we're turning to you. And an entire city was converted by one man. And so he became a legend in Israel. He became a legend in Jewish history that there'll never be a prophet like the prophet Jonah. There'll never be one that can turn entire cities back to the Lord. There'll never be one that will walk in such anointing until Jesus came. And he's talking to these Jewish historians. And he said, there's one standing here today that's greater than the greatest prophet of all time. There's one standing here today uh, that has what Jonah. Uh, y'all just stay with me just a few more minutes. Uh, so Jesus continued right on with his sermon. Began to speak about a man by the name of Solomon. Solomon, the king of Israel, the son of the legendary David. David, the one that walked out on the battlefield and slew the giant Goliath. David, the one they sang about that Saul has slain thousands. But David, he's slain ten thousands. Solomon, the one that had an encounter with heaven in a, in a vision, in a dream. God appears to him and, and gives him an opportunity to ask whatever you want. I will not withhold it from you. Solomon, if you want fame, I'll give you fame. Solomon, if you want popularity, I'll give you popularity. If you want power, I'll give you power. If you want money, I'll give you money. Oh, he could have asked for anything, but yet Solomon considered what was happening and said, God, I'm asking that you would give me wisdom and understanding that I can lead your people and I can teach them the right way. 
God was so impressed with what he said that God made a decision. I'm not only going to give you wisdom and not I'm not only going to give you understanding, but I'm going to make you rich so there'll never be a king that will ever compare to the treasury that you'll accumulate. Solomon, there'll never be a king like you. And what happened, it was exactly that. Solomon, he had gardens, he had orchards, he had maids, he had butlers, he had pools, he had singers, he had choirs. First Kings 10 and 22 says he had apes, he had peacocks, he had horses, he had camels. Somebody said Michael Jackson had a pet giraffe. Solomon had his own zoo. Come on now, you got your own zoo. You got more money you know what to do with. It was just flowing from him, flowing from him. Words began to spread. You've got to see the kingdom that Solomon has built. You need to go and hear for yourself the words that come out of this man's mouth. You've never heard it in all your life. So the queen of Sheba heard about Solomon, heard about the people, heard about his kingdom, heard about his armies, and said, I'm going to go and see if he really is everything that he's been cracked up to be. And so she went, and when she arrived, this was her response in 1 Kings 10 and 5. She said, I've seen the meat of his table. I've seen the sitting of his servants. I've seen the attendance of his ministers. But thy wisdom and thy prosperity have exceeded the fame which I heard. She said, I heard you were rich, but when I got to see what you had, I really knew you were. I heard you were wise, but when you opened up your mouth and started speaking, you were speaking what I was thinking in my mind. You were speaking and what I was dwelling on in my heart. She said, there's never going to be a king like Solomon until Jesus came and said, there's somebody standing here today that's greater than the greatest king in your history. There's somebody standing here today that's greater than Solomon himself. Oh, there is a king that's among us this afternoon. Uh, Psalm 24 and 8 said, Who uh, is this king of glory? Uh, the Lord strong and mighty. Uh, the Lord mighty in battle. Verse 10 said, Who uh, is this king of glory? Uh, the Lord of hosts. Uh, he is the king of of glory. Do you really want to know who he is today? Do you really want to know what he's done? Who he has been to so many people? Oh, he was Adam's redeemer. He was Abel's vindicator. He was Abraham's sacrifice. He was Noah's ark. He was Jacob's star. He was Joseph's dream. He was Gideon's captain. He was Samson's strength. He was Joshua's champion. He was Deborah's authority. He was Daniel's stone. He was Moses' rock. Do you know who he is? He's David's music. He was Solomon's wisdom. He was Esther's integrity. He was Micah's mercy. He was Malachi's messenger. He was Elijah's fire. He was Jeremiah's balm. He was Ezekiel's wheel. He was Isaiah's prince. 
Do you know who he is? He's a heart mender. He's a mind regulator. He's a soul satisfier. He's a problem fixer. He's a mountain mover. He's a storm calmer. He's a sickness healer. He's a disease curer. He's a sin forgiver. He's an iniquity cleanser. All I know is when he shows up, you better roll out the red carpet. When he shows up, demons begin to tremble. When he shows up, angels bow down in reverence. When he shows up, men begin to rejoice. You can't stop greatness. Hallelujah. He may be humble. He may be meek. But brother, when he comes, you know he has arrived. When he finally shows up, when he walks up and down the aisles, there's nobody and no thing that can stop him. Matthew 12 tells us the Pharisees tried, but they could not trap him. Sadducees tried, but they could not outsmart him. Politicians tried, but they could not outwit him. Crowds tried, but they could not sway him. Society tried, but it could not confuse him. Pilate tried, but he could not judge him. The devil tried, but he could not destroy him. Death tried, but it could not kill him. The grave tried, but it could not hold him. When greatness comes, when greatness comes, when greatness comes, you may have to wait a while, but when he comes, the Bible says he bears witness of his word. You don't have to wonder, you don't have to question, you don't have to doubt, he is here. Oh, you may be seated just for a moment. We were in a service not long ago, and the Spirit of God began to move uh, like it's uh, been moving here today, electric in the atmosphere. And so we worshiped and preached just a little message, and at the end of the message, I really felt healing was happening. And so I invited anybody that need to come up for prayer to come down. We're going to pray for you in Jesus' name. So the ministry got together and the saints were praying and different ones were uh, coming up and we were laying hands and finally uh, this one sister came and I watched her during the service. She sat on the left hand side, the right hand side if you're on, if you're in the sanctuary in the congregation and uh, she was interpreting. And so when she came up for prayer, she said, pray for me. I am deaf. I couldn't understand what she said at first. I said, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. She said, pray for me, I am deaf. So I barely understood, does that make sense to anybody? I could understand her, but you had to listen real close. So we said, well, let's just pray. Let's believe God together. And so we started laying hands and start praying in the name of Jesus. And that's the only way I know how to do it. And we start praying and asking God to come down and asking God to unstop her ears and asking God to perform a miracle like only he can. And we got to praying for her and she came forward and another person came. We began to pray for the next person. While we were praying for the next person, I heard something. I can only describe it as a Pentecostal war hoot. Some of y'all know what I, yeah, 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 yeah. I jumped like this. Oh, mama's got her head back. She said, I can hear. I can hear. I can hear. I can hear. Boy, you felt faith start to rise. 
And while faith was rising, at that very same moment, I felt doubt come in the room. And I've never done this before. I think it's the only time I've ever done it in all my ministry. I said, hang on a second. I got the pastor, make sure it's okay with him. And I got the sister. And we're still praying. People coming for prayer. I said, I want to get everybody's attention for a minute. Does everybody know who this is? This isn't a stranger. She's a member in the church. Yeah, member in the church. So, so she, everybody knows that she's deaf. This isn't somebody that just came in off the street. Everybody knows who she is. Yes. So, all right, we're going to do something a little different. We came to the front of the church. and uh, The size of the sanctuary is kind of similar to this. And so we stood right here in the middle. I said, now you're going to put your back to my back. I said, okay. Everybody's kind of watching. I said, I'm going to take three steps that way. You're going to take three steps that way. I'm going to put my hand over my mouth, and I'm going to repeat a phrase. Without looking at me, you're going to say that same phrase. All right. So one, two, three. She took three steps. I put my hand over my mouth. I said, now, say that God has just healed my body. She turned around. She said, God has just healed my body. Brother, I'm telling you, faith started rising like never before. Hebrews says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see faith when it comes, but it's a substance. It's tangible. It's almost like you can reach up and grab it when it finally does come. So by now, everybody's kind of paying attention. Even all the kids got off their tablets and iPads. I'm talking about paying attention. So I got all the way over here. She went all the way. I said, we're going to go all the way to the opposite sides of the church. She had to listen close to hear me. By now, I mean, people are standing in their chairs. They're watching. She goes all the way over here. I'm all the way over here. I said, all right. I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. I'm going to do the same thing. I put my hand over my mouth. And now, say this, God has opened my ears and I can hear. She turned around. She put her hand on her hip. She said, God, that's all it took, honey. Uh, everybody got to dancing and sound. Uh, I'm talking about even grandma got in the aisle, did a little boot scooting. Uh, she said, well, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost when it comes. Uh, I'm talking about with greatness when he shows up. You know he's there. Uh, you know this is not put on. Uh, this is not a show. Come on, somebody ought to throw your hands in the air. It's more than emotionalism. It's more than hype. It's more than the crowd that's getting pumped. Greatness wants to move tonight. Greatness wants to move this afternoon. Greatness wants to touch your life. Greatness wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Somebody loving for a moment. Come on, would you raise your hands to the Lord just for another moment? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel His presence in the sanctuary. I feel His anointing in the room. Hallelujah. Won't you clap your hands to the Lord right now? You may be seated. I'm getting ready to close. But before I do, I want to share just one last uh, thought with you. It was a few years back. I had gotten a phone call. I was in my car driving. It was from a number I didn't recognize. And, and so when I answered, uh, the voice came back on the other end and said, uh, may I speak to Minister Smith, please? And uh, I said, well, this is he. Well, not so many people call me by that name. 
I said, well, this is he. And uh, he said, well, this is Brother So-and-so from such-and-such Baptist church. And uh, we are putting together a convention and conference. And uh, your name has come up to be one of the speakers. We would like to know if you would like to come or participate in the conference. I said, well, it would be an honor to come. It really would. But I want to make sure you got the right person, the right Brother Smith that you're asking for. He said, yeah, I know who you are. You've come highly recommended to be part of this conference. I said, well, that'd be great. I'd love to come. He said, well, our subject, our theme of the conference is the Word of God. I said, okay. And so he let me know when it was and the time and everything. And, and so I went. And uh, when I got there, have you ever went somewhere and you went and you thought, I do not belong here. I do not fit in. I'm like way down here and they're way up here. That's the way I feel about everywhere we go. But we went and I sat down. I started looking around and realizing there were bishops of huge churches. I knew them. Uh, through the news and uh, Presbyterian churches, Methodist churches, about every kind of denomination you could think of, and, and men of great stature. And I thought, man, they got this little white kid that sounds like he's from the ghetto, and I'm definitely the odd one out in this group now. So the different speakers were coming up, and I'm telling you, they were speaking with perfect oratory. Uh, they made no mistakes. There were no stumbling, no uhs or ums, or, uh, no repetition of what they had already said before. So I just kind of sat back in amazement at the different speakers that were coming through. Finally, the man got up before me, uh, passed a great big church, and uh, a PhD, a doctor, and uh, was beginning to speak. And I was really enjoying everything that he had to speak. And then he got on the subject of speaking in other tongues. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see what he's going to say. And he says, well, if anybody speaks in tongues today, it was because they are demon-possessed. I thought, oh, God, here we go. And I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking all this in my mind. Like, I'm not trying to walk out on anybody or cause a problem or anything like that. He might say something that might clarify it and, he says, but I do know that there are some that speak in tongues, and they are not demon-possessed. They have a mental deficiency, and they cannot even think for themselves. So now I'm like, oh, God, Pastor Walton, I'm praying now in my seat. I'm like, God, don't send me to this conference to get crucified by these people now. I'm not trying to make anybody, I'm not trying to come and cause problems and, and bring confusion or controversy or anything like that. And I'm praying. I'm like, God, you're going to have to help me now. I need to know what to say and how to react to this. And finally, I was praying that the different one, uh, the moderator had come up, and he was getting ready to introduce me. And while he was introducing me, I'm praying, God, you've got to give me something now before I walk up on this stage. Give me something. Finally, I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me and said, they want my word. Speak my word. So I said, okay. So I walked up and got to the pulpit and I thanked everybody that was there and gave honor to the dignitaries and the host that had invited me and said, all right, you care if I take about five minutes to share with you what I share with them at this conference? If that'd be all right. I just got up, made every, all the proper introduction and proper remarks. Finally said, all right, Genesis 101 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Psalm 119 and 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. John 1.1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the life to men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Verse 14 says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. First Timothy 3.16 says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels priest unto the Gentiles uh, believed on in the world and received up into glory. Colossians 1.15 says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Colossians 2 and 8 says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the the tradition of men after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power Philippians 2 5 says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, uh, whereby we must be saved. I thought I might got one shot. I'm going to make it count. I broke protocol and unbuttoned my jacket. I said Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance 
Acts 4.18 and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Acts 4.20 for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Acts 6 and 8 and Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. Acts 6.10 and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Acts 19 and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth Paul being passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples he said unto them have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed and they said unto him we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost and he said unto them unto what then were you baptized and they said unto John's baptism then said Paul John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people they should believe on him we should come after him that is on Christ Jesus when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul laid his hands upon them the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and I went to say the next verse and before I could a minister stood up in the back threw their hand up and said excuse me for a minute and I thought no I didn't interrupt nobody else I said, yes. And they're looking around at these pastors, looking around at these bishops and preachers, looks back to me and says, I feel something. I've never felt in all my ministry right now. I don't know what I'm feeling. They start speaking in tongues. God filled them with the Holy. You better not tell greatness what he can do and what he can't do. You better not tell him what kind of revival he could pour out and what revival he can't pour out. I'm going to tell you when he... You can't put him in a box. You can't trap him in a corner. You can't isolate him to your own ideology. Stand with me all across the house. Stand with me. I just put my Bible down. I put my notes up. I went and sat down. Finally, the conference ended and I was getting all my belongings together and I was getting ready to leave. But before I could leave, that same bishop that uh, spoke before me met me, kind of got right in between me. He said, I need to speak to you for a minute. I said, yes, sir. He said, young man, I need to say something. I said, yes, sir. He said, I need to make an apology. You are not demon-possessed. <laughs> not demon-possessed, but JT. I said, well, I'm thankful for that. He said, but you have something I've never seen before. And I want to know if you could come to our church and preach to us about the power of the Holy Ghost speaking another tongue. Hey, can I let somebody know we are racing the rapture and Jesus is coming back. But before he comes back, he said, I'm going to give my spirit. It's going to be a latter rain. The latter rain and the former rain are going to come together. And I'm going to preach to somebody. Greatness is on his way back from the portals of heaven. Greatness is about to return to earth. But before he does, if you need the Holy Ghost, this is the service you can receive the Holy Ghost. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, this is the service. You could be baptized in Jesus' name. If you need a miracle in your life, come on, don't wait any longer. Don't wait for another time. This is the day. Somebody throw your hands in the air all across the house. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse every lie the enemy has tried to whisper. I curse every attack of the adversary. I pray there would be a relief that would come and there would be a liberty that would come into the hearts of the people. Lord, we pray it now. There would be a divine demonstration of your spirit and a miraculous manifestation of your glory. God, I pray it now, hands lifted. I release an impartation in the Holy Ghost. There would be a hunger and a thirst for more of you. There would be a hunger and a thirst for more of you. Come on, if you're ready for more, why don't you join me at the altar? Come on, this is your day, sir. This is your day, ma'am. You need to come today. Uh, hallelujah. You've never experienced this. This is the day you can experience the Holy Ghost. Come on, prayer warriors. Come on, worshipers. Come on, praisers. Come on, somebody else, you need to come. Uh, somebody in need of a miracle, why don't you come right now? In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, hands lifted. Uh, hands lifted. Come on. Uh, it's happening right now. There's miraculous power happening right now. Let it be released, God. I lose the gift of faith. Let it be an operation right now. God, we pronounce it for a notable miracle to be seen. God, I pray every empty heart would be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every prodigal would be restored. Every saint of God would be encouraged. Come on, let your faith go. Let your faith increase. Let your faith increase. It's happening right now. While you're praying, just pray for healing to be released. We've got people with, with cancer, but we believe cancer is going to go in the name of Jesus. Come on, hands across the building, lift it up. Pray with somebody for another minute. There's miracles in this altar. There's miracles in this house. Pray with somebody. 
Hallelujah. Pray with your husband. Pray with your wife. Pray with your friend, your sister, your brother. Speak a word of faith in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We bless you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it, church. Just worship the Lord for a moment. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house. God's delivering people. Healing. Healing bodies today. Healing situations. Emotional healing. Spiritual healing. Restoration. In the house of the Lord. Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name Thank you Jesus Thank you Lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not sure how to, de to describe what I feel like the Lord wants us to pray one more time. And it's not just for those that are directly affected by certain situations that they're going through, but it's because you're strong in, in knowing that God can do but it's all the side effects, all the emotions that come along with battling, the fear, the doubt, the depression. It's not that you don't have faith in God. It's all the other little things that start attaching themselves, gnawing, trying to get you to lose that faith. And sometimes you're connected because you're a spouse or a family member and and it begins to wear you down and wear you out. It's not that you don't believe God. It's just there's so much. But God is doing a cleansing in this house today. And I feel like that some very strong in the faith saints feel their energy slipping because they're being affected by the side effects of the trial and the test. But, and it's caused you to have fear or anxiety or stress, doubt maybe even a little bit. But God's going to fix that today because there are times of refreshing. Yeah, there are times of refreshing that come from being in the presence of the Lord. And the greatest one of all is in this room today. Greatness 
has arrived in this building. And he's here. There's been a past trial that's it's, it's handcuffed you to something. And it's not that you don't love the Lord and that you don't want to worship, but there's something got you that you... But I'm telling you that God's in this place today to cleanse you of this thing, to loose you of this thing. If you can stand in this room today, and if you can lift your hands to heaven, if you can lift your voice, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is here. Come on, there's shackles and chains. You're about to see a refreshing and a restoration of your ministry, of your gift, of your worship, of your praise. You've been working at half speed and half charge, but God's about to fill you. You're not going to be handicapped anymore. Oh, no. You're going to be thoroughly furnished. He said it in the book of Revelation. Behold, I make all things new. And the Spirit here today is telling you, I'll make it new. So anxiety and stress and fear and doubt's got to go in the name of Jesus. Depression's got to go in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. You're about to feel something you hadn't felt in a very long time welling up inside of you. That living water is about to surge through your soul again. I said that living water is about to surge through your soul again. Let it flow. Let it flow. It'll wash away the debris. It'll wash away the hurt. It'll wash away the fear. Hallelujah. Let it flow. There ain't nothing can stand against the current of that living water. Your anxiety and your doubt, the way you loathe yourself, you're self-destructing, but the Holy Ghost is about to wash it away. You've talked yourself into believing that you can't do anything, but the Holy Ghost is about to wash it away. Come on, man of God. Come on, woman of God. You can lay the mask down after today. You won't have to pretend you're all right. You're going to be all right. You can stop the charades and the masquerade because you ain't going to have to pretend no more. It's going to be the joy and peace of the Holy Ghost.
Come on, let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow. Thank you, Jesus. 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 There's a place in the scripture that tells us, that reminds us that we ought to keep our garments unspotted and I realize that and if you've lived for the Lord about any time that's just about impossible to stay unspotted because of every trial and test that you go through if something tries to ruin your perfectness wants to make that white robe spotted and we think about many times that it's just well 
your garment spotted because of rebellion or disobedience or backsliding. And that's not always true, Brother Larry. There are times that our situations, things like fear and depression and doubt and anxiety get on us and it causes us to be spotted. They said to keep your garment unspotted. You know how you keep something clean? You wash it. Because unless you seal it up and pack it away somewhere where it's never exposed, it's going to get something on it. But you know how you keep it clean? You wash it. And John saw a vision of people arrayed in white robes. When they got to this place, they were all white. He said, these are they who have made their robes white. They made them white in the blood of the Lamb. It has never lost its power. That great one gave us a cleaning agent. And you know what? You can have that at home in your bedroom. You can have it going down the road in your car. And you can wash that robe. You can find a place to pray and you can wash that robe. You can keep your robe unspotted by those times of refreshing. God has not forsaken you and he has not forgot about you. But he is still that present help in time of trouble. And I want you to know that whenever you call on that name, greatness will arrive. Whenever you start to pray, greatness will arrive. And you'll have an opportunity to be cleansed all over again. To be refreshed all over again. To get your vision back all over again. Don't you let these things of the enemy, these weights and things that so easily beset us. Don't let them hang around. Get rid of them. Keep it unspotted by washing it washing it in the blood the precious blood of Jesus you're going to be better today this is it I said this is your hour you're free from this very hour from those things no more pretending no more mask no more charades with it you're better today in Jesus name and you're going to walk in betterness and you're going to walk in greatness And it's going to be a blessing to many people, not just you, but many people around you in your family, in your job, in your school, college, our college students. You're going to be better today in Jesus' name. Can we lift our hands together? Get somebody by the hand. We're in this together. You are not alone. This church is your family. These men and women are your brothers and sisters. You might be visiting today and maybe this is your first time here, but let me tell you, you got somebody on your side, the Lord and a praying church. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we receive from the word today. Something greater than our situation has shown up. Something greater than our sickness has shown up. Something greater is in living inside of us. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. (laughs) Wash us again. Refresh us. Renew us. Revive us today, O God. Jesus, by your power.
Jesus, by your power. We receive the miracles that have been done today. We receive the healings that have been done today. We receive the deliverance that has been brought today. And we receive the word of God today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise in this house. Go ahead. If it was hard for you to praise him before church, I want you to go ahead right here at the end. Right here before you leave this building, go ahead and lift your voice. You tell your situation, I'm better. I'm delivered. I'm healed. It's different in Jesus' name. It's different in Jesus' name. Praise God. I'm thankful for the Lord. Brother Doug, thank you for delivering your heart and delivering a word. We love you and your family. And to join, uh, just be here. We'll find you a house, bro. We love this family. And I'm, brother, I, I, I say this for everyone here that we're so thankful God put our paths together. Yes. It's great when God sends people that can speak to you uh, as a pastor. It's a blessing to have evangelists and people that can come and, and feed the flock that he's and speak a word to help his people helps me out a lot and i'm thankful for each one of you our visitors let's give our visitors a hand clap again we're glad you're here with us today so thankful so thankful for you being with us today and we just love you hope you'll come back and be with us again uh, they're selling gourmet popcorn that is a thing and it's out in the lobby and it's helping raise money for mission trips and, and things of that nature. So uh, no cakes and cupcakes today. Popcorn. So uh, somebody is excited about popcorn. So uh, tomorrow night prayer meeting at 7. I want you to be here Wednesday night at 7. Again, thank you for being here. Be sure to greet the Smith family. Let them know how much you love and appreciate them. God bless you. If Sister Michelle was here, we would tell her happy birthday. But she's at home. She was in a car accident, so she's a little banged up. She's sore. Remember to message Sister Michelle. Let her know you missed her. Tell her happy birthday. God bless you. We're going to see you tomorrow night. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you.